Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. Mike Rashad and Preston with you today until 11 o'clock. We got a Preston edition of Hit or Love It coming up. At 10.30. Well, let's dive into the AFC title game. Just spent most of the first hour talking the Saints and the Rams. And let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the home team in this title game against the Patriots. You've got the Andy Reid storyline. You've got the Patrick Mahomes storyline. And you've just got a good offense and a defense that played out of their mind last week as well because they were really bad this season, the, the Chiefs defense, and they played great in their game against the, the Colts last uh, last week. Where do you want to start? What's the most interesting storyline to you in, in this game? Is it the Andy Reid stuff? Um, pro- probably uh, probably Andy Reid, but it, it's hard to say it's not Mahomes. So we can start with Mahomes, I guess. Okay. Well, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is special, and I think the reason the Chiefs have a chance to break this curse of never making it past a certain spot in the playoffs or the poor clock management of Andy Reid and – and all that kind of stuff is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a different quarterback than Andy Reid has ever had, ever. I mean, Dominic Mab was great, but Patrick Mahomes is better. And he creates things where nothing is there. Kind of similar to what Donovan McNabb did, but in a different way where uh, the kind of the sidearm throws, it's a little bit more, I don't know, theatrical, I guess. It's kind of, it's cooler the way Patrick Mahomes does it, but there's just something about the way Mahomes plays to me that that screams he's the difference maker between another Andy Reid playoff loss and an Andy Reid Super Bowl win. And it's crazy how young he is and how quickly he was able to do it. And it also, I think, helps prove the point of if you sit a quarterback for a year and let him learn the system, it's that much more beneficial to bring him in in the second year like they did this year. And where he was, remember, this is his first year as a starting quarterback. His first. I feel like there's this thought that Andy or that Patrick Mahomes has been doing this for a couple of years now. Like, look at how good he's become. He played one game in his, his, his rookie season, week 17, one game. And he came in and did this. That's crazy. So I, I think he's a special quarterback. I really do. Uh, I think he's a, a really special athlete. I think he got incredibly lucky with getting one of the best offensive minds that you'll find in football and Andy Reid. Like we can say what we want to, um, 
about his play calling at times or about his clock management or whatever the case is. Um, Andy Reid uh, is indeed like you look at the, the the coaches that are that are in this these you know like a final four of of games and man holy hell like Andy Reid check Sean McVay check Sean Payton check Bill Belichick check all four probably arguably the the best four coaches in football right now right yep. you know what I'm saying that's 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 clear like I mean arguably the best four quarterbacks you know what I'm saying in football right now but Patrick Mahomes just feels different. He's like a, and I say this about a few different guys that just seem special. He's a created player. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's almost he's almost unfair. Like he's 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 big. He's strong, uh, and then he makes something out of nothing. I saw him throw. It was an out route. It was the craziest thing in the world, and it was like a curveball that he threw, and he did it like kind of this weird sidearm thing. And he like and flicked it, his wrist and flicked his wrist, and it was lit on a on a on an out route, and it curved in and got to his receiver. And I'd never. I had to rewind it like seven times. It's like I'd never seen anything like that. He's done multiple no-look Magic Johnson-type passes, you know, looking left and throwing right. He's like, thrown with his left hand. Who does that? He's, he switched the ball like, oh, and just who does that? Like he does stuff that if you if you saw somebody doing a game, you're putting him on the bench immediately. How dare you go out there and do that? But he, it, it works for him. Like he has this certain type of magic. And then on top of that, you throw in what I think should be considered the best receiver in football, and nobody ever gives him that that title but man you tell find me a better receiver than kareem or excuse me than uh, Tariq hill um well i it's it's tough i don't think he's the best receiver but boy is he fast and Listen, he is always wide open i don't know if he has the best hands i don't know if he runs the best routes but boy there's is nobody he, in the frame when he catches the ball because like, he is like that's what i'm saying like blazing fast you watch antonio brown you watch uh odell beckham who i've said on the show is the best receiver in football michael thomas man, michael thomas Tariq Hill is always open. Like, that's the craziest thing in the world to me. And, like, when I say open, watch today. When he catches the ball, there's going to be no one around him. And that's the craziest thing about it. So everything is working in his favor. He had a great running back in Kareem Hunt for a lot of the season. You have the best tight end in football. Not a lot of first- and second-year players get put in the position to where they have all these weapons to play with. Baker Mayfield can say, man, look at all the things I got to play with my first year, and look how successful that he was able to be in his first year. Man, Mahomes has the arguably the best everything, you know, had or for the most part had the best everything around him for an entire season, and it resulted in 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, and an 82% quarterback rating. Get the hell out of here. So good. Get out of here, man. I haven't done that. I've done that on Madden twice. Get out of here, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, this dude is legit. Hey, passing the ball in Madden is hard. It's difficult. I took Madden those back, corn, I took Madden back to the game, to, to the store this year. I'm done with this game. I was frustrated. Those cornerbacks, and I'm not exaggerating, they float across the field yes. to intercept your passes. They're like, they're over here on the right side of the field, and then you throw the ball, and they they levitate across the field, and you're like, okay. All right, game. You yeah, busted game. Forget this game. I took it back to the store. Well, Madden sucks no now. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't, hasn't been good for a couple of years. Uh, the Andy Reid stuff, too, is, is interesting. I'm just looking at his, his history. He's made the playoffs in... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen seasons in his career. And he's been coaching since nineteen ninety-nine. He's only missed it like seven times. And he's never never won a Super Bowl. He's only made it once, two thousand four. Eagles lose to the Patriots. Hell of a game by T.O. in yep, that game. That was the Terrell Owens. Wasn't he playing like a broken, broken leg? Like broken foot. Yep. Broken foot. The here here is his history. Lost NFC divisional game. Three straight years lost in the championship game, lost in the Super Bowl. 
lost in the divisional game, lost in the championship game, two straight years losing in the wild card game. He switches to the Chiefs, loses to the wild card game, two straight years losing in the divisional game, and then lost in the wild card game last year to the Titans on the Marcus Mariota catching his own deflected ball touchdown, if you remember that one. Titans then got destroyed by the Patriots in the next round. But he has not had success in the playoffs. There's constantly been criticism about his time management, about his timeout usage, and about he, he kind of gets conservative in the playoffs. He's a great offensive mind, but he does not call crazy offensive games in the playoffs. But And I've said this before. I think I said it last week. I think Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker on Andy Reid making the Super Bowl again because he, he kind of doesn't allow you to call a conservative game plan. He is so on all the stuff that you were talking about, the sidearm, the left-handed throws, the no-look passes, he is so extreme to that level where even if it's a conservative play call, Patrick Mahomes can make it a 40-yard gain because he's moving around in the pocket and Tyreek Hill is open, like you said. And I also think Andy Reid, for the first time in a while, feels confident enough in his quarterback, right? Alex Smith is good, but did you feel confident enough in Alex Smith to lead you to a Super Bowl? No, you're probably going to call a pretty conservative game plan when Alex Smith is there. But you don't have to with Patrick Mahomes. And frankly, now that Kareem Hunt got cut and Spencer Ware is hurt and you're using Damian Williams as your starting running back and there's all sorts of weird things going on there, you got to call passing plays. So Andy Reid is now forced to be more his usual offensive self and with a quarterback that can make that kind of a difference, that's why I think he's going to make the Super Bowl again this year. Finally. I mean, I, I – it would be a great accomplishment if Andy Reid would finally be able to really get over the hump and make it to the Super Bowl. More than that, win the Super Bowl. You know, this exercises a lot of his demons. If he can get to the Super Bowl and win, all of a sudden, everything about the clock management, everything about um, the the conservative play calling or the the three straight NFC Championship games and only the one Super Bowl, everything is instantly erased. You know, you you can you forget all that stuff. It just becomes a part of the story. It's no longer the story. And if he can go in there and beat this Patriots team, I don't Hey man, like I, I don't I don't do I really think either one of these other teams could could score like not really. Like I'm I'm putting my money on Kansas City if they can beat the Patriots. Absolutely. All right, let's break. Coming up next, we will get to the Patriots side of this. And I actually this is one you tell me where you want to go with this cuz I'm a little bit unsure of what to discuss with the Patriots because they've been here so many times. Uh, maybe it's the Tom Brady road record. Maybe it's the fact that the Patriots play so many games at home that they actually don't really succeed on the road in the playoffs all too much. That's interesting. But it's tough when they've been here for five straight years or whatever it is, and it's the same thing every single year, the same quarterback, same coach. So you tell me, what, what do you want to lead with with the Patriots next segment? Um. Is it the road stuff? Is, is Tom it? Brady overrated next just, on the fan? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it it's probably should be the road stuff because it's 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 not something we often talk about. Okay. You know? we, they're, they're, they're never on the road. So, is yeah. Tom Brady overrated next on the fan? All right. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10-16 here. We've discussed Flacco being an elite quarterback. Is Tom Brady also considered an elite quarterback? Tom Brady's a bust, man. <laughs> Overrated system QB. Yeah. Thank you to our, our main P1 texter there for texting that, and I laughed a lot at that. Give you some credit because I was stealing it from you there. Um, yeah, let's talk about the road record for Brady in the playoffs and in general just the way the Patriots have, have fared in the playoffs. I'll start actually with this season. I saw Adam Schefter tweet this out today. 
Patriots went three and five on the road this season, which doesn't bode well for their chances today. Out of the 104 teams to reach the Super Bowl, only two of them, 1.9%, had a losing record on the road in that regular season. Those two teams, the 2008 Arizona Cardinals and the 2010 Green Bay Packers. So that doesn't bode well immediately in terms of teams with road records. No, it doesn't. But I saw a stat that Tom Brady in – I'm going to see if I can find this. I don't know if I can find it immediately. I was looking for it during the break. I think he's one in four in his last five playoff road games. And it's kind of stunning to hear that stat. But then you realize that they're the one seed almost every single year and that they're constantly hosting the AFC title game. So they get to the Super Bowl a ton when the road goes through Foxborough. But on the road, they've struggled. You remember they lost to the, the Broncos a couple times on the road. They lost the Steelers on the road a couple of times. They uh, lost the Colts on lost the road. The, lost the Jets. Lost to the Jets which on the road. Mark, Mark Sanchez, baby. Hurt. So, yes, you know, uh, that's definitely a problem. But I think there's a common thread between all those teams that you just mentioned and, and the Jets. Um, and I kind of wrote it down. So, 09, we lost to Baltimore in the wild card game. To 2010, lost the Jets in the – what was it, the, the division game? Man, 12, the Ravens in the conference championship. Then the Broncos twice in the conference championship in 2013 and 15. One thing all those teams have in common is those defenses were sick. Like, we forget how good, how damn good that uh, that Jets defense was, you know, at a point. Man, they were incredible. You know, you forget how good that Baltimore defense was that had Ed Reed and Ray Lewis in 2009. Incredible. Obviously, how good those Denver defenses were. And the one thing those teams all did is they pressured Tom Brady. They, they, what Stephen A. Smith says is that he made him tap dance in the pocket. They get to Brady, and they get to him quite often. It makes him, makes him nervous. The last time they lost in the, in, in the uh, conference championship game against Denver in 2015, man, Denver bought the pressure the entire game. There was nothing that, that, that they could do. Like, they got to Brady every single time they could. This is the difference. I don't think the Chiefs have a guy like that. Justin Houston is the the closest thing. To, I mean, he is that guy. He is. He is. And but you know, again, he's been good this year. You know, he's been better than he had been over the past couple of years. Because there was a there was a time Justin Houston was considered one of the best linebackers in the league. And then the Chiefs were kind of down, and you know, as far as defensively, and Justin Houston was just kind of okay. Now I think he's now that they're good. He's back to that point to where he's uh, legit again. But. If that's the only pass rush I have to really worry about, like it's just a Denver's pass rush that they brought, you know, because uh, I could rush four and they could still get you, but then they would also rush Von Miller at you and then you had no chance. Like I'm not so concerned with what their defensive line and their defensive unit could do against Brady. Even in the game they played against uh, Tom Brady in, uh, in New England, like they didn't get to Brady like that. And everybody knows if you want Brady to have a bad game, and that's where it starts. It starts with Tom Brady. If he can have, he's going to have a bad game, it's going to force him to run the ball and then it's a wrap. And, and you're right about the Broncos. The three of their road losses are to Denver. Yes. In 2005, 2013, and 2015, they lost all three of those games at Denver. And you're right, those defenses were great. However, two of those losses, the Chargers and the Colts, debatable on whether or not they had the, the kind of pass rush that would really, really affect Tom Brady. Now that's earlier. We're talking mid-thousands with those. But, um, maybe, yeah, maybe currently – because Brady's a little bit older, not quite as fleet as uh, fleet of foot. Now, granted, he never really was fleet of foot, but he's even less fleet of foot at this point in his career. 
if you just get some pressure, it's going to be that much harder for him to do it. And you're right. I don't know if the Chiefs can do that. Uh, but what I do think is the Chiefs offense might have enough firepower to make up for that defense not being able to do it. And we saw it in the regular season game, right? The 43-40 Patriots win is the Chiefs 100% had enough offensive firepower. Now, of course, the Pats won the game. It was a really close game. It was fun to watch. But I think in a, in a scenario like this, when we look at when we look at games with the Patriots in the AFC title game, we often say, well, of course the Pats are going to win, right? Of course they're the favorite because they're the Patriots. And there's not many teams that have had a chance to beat them. Frankly, if it was anybody but the Broncos, it was, oh, yeah, the Pats have got this, right? Eh, they'll be fine. And I think a lot of people learned what the Broncos were doing was working. And plus playing in mile high a little bit different than playing on the road elsewhere as well because mm-hmm. of the the altitude. But I just feel differently about it this year. I think the Chiefs are the better team across the board. I do. Um, Brady is the better quarterback, but I think Patrick Mahomes has had a much better season. And that's, you can't argue that. The running game, nah, they're about even. I Actually, I'll probably give the Patriots the edge on that because they've got some better running backs. Chiefs have better receivers. The tight end game right now, the Chiefs have a better tight end. Yep. Gronk has not been that good. Nope. Defensive-wise, they've both struggled this year. They both played really well last week to kind of step up for the playoffs, but neither defense is particularly great. So I give most of the most of the lead here to the Chiefs. Head coaching-wise, it's really close. I'm going to give it to Belichick, of course, but it's a lot closer than people will say. I just think the Chiefs are that that good this year where they could really be that thorn in the side of the Pats to give them that loss. I, I mean, I can't disagree with really anything you said. Like, you're, man, absolutely right. You know, the Chiefs on paper are a much better team uh, than the Patriots are. Like, in, I would say in, in every facet of, of the game, but, you know, right now Kansas City's uh, total defense uh, for the regular season, do you know where they ranked? Like 29th or something? 31st. Yeah, second to last. Second to last. You know where the Patriots rank? Not there, but they're like 21st. Oh. So they're still not great. Pretty bad. But and that's the great thing of the great thing about football to me is the fact that, man, this is just one game. You know, this we don't they don't have to play each other, you know, two out of three. This is just one game. And if you're giving me one game with experience and with uh, of Tom Brady and the experience of Rob Gronkowski. And Julian Edelman, who last week, did anybody quietly, we're not going to mention that Julian Edelman moved into second all-time in receptions for the play, uh, postseason? Mm-hmm. We're just not going to kind of gloss that over. Like, Julian Edelman, not We didn't gloss not that over. You just brought it up. No, I'm saying, like, not T.O., not Randy Moss, not any of the – not Larry Fitzgerald, any of the great receivers that we've seen over the past, you know, 40 years. It's Julian Edelman. And it's, you know, and I think that's the experience factor that we're talking about. This is going to be – Frigid temperatures, for the most part, we think. 19 degrees, probably right around there. The Patriots are used to playing in this. Not to say Kansas City's not, but they don't play this deep into the season. You mm-hmm. know, they usually play wild card, divisional round, usually on the road somewhere. So this is the first time they're going to be home in this type of temperature. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I honestly think the Pats have the experience. And I'll go with the exp- Look, these dudes are outside in – Well, no, those guys are in a studio. Oh, okay. The guy on the right, I don't actually know who it is. He is wearing – uh, still don't know who it is. That's a salmon-colored suit. Are you guys watching NFL Network? Yeah, no, we're no. watching ESPN. Whoever the no. ESPN reporter is, he just—he was joking, I think. But he had a hat, gloves, an entire face mask on. Yeah, yeah. They're well, they're having they're having they're Jeff having Darlington. Fun with it. That's who it is, Jeff Darlington. They're gonna have a little fun with it, but make no mistake, it's gonna be cold out there. And 
I want to see if Mahomes can have a Kaepernick-type <laughs> night when Kaepernick was in uh, Green Bay. No uh, sleeps. I want to see if he can do that. Mm. I love watching sports reporters in, like, 20-degree weather. It's so funny where they're just – I mean, I feel bad. I've been there. I, you know, I did local TV for a while. I watched the uh, – or I watched reporters just have to dress up in, like, you know – Five layers. I covered the Oregon at UW football game a couple of years ago when it was like 24 degrees and I was filming for three and a half hours. That is painful, man. Ugh. It is painful. Oh, yeah. When I was when I was at Cuse doing TV stuff, you're outside in the 10 degree weather and oh, you're yeah. just like, OK, OK. When I do this hit, I can go inside and I can warm up, but I'm going to have to come outside to do this hit again. And it's going to be sucky because I'm freezing and I'm going to be shivering and my teeth are going to be chattering, but I'm going to do my best. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, when you're playing, you're not really thinking about it. As long as there's no wind or no rain tonight or something like that, they should be fine. But when, you, when you're playing, you're not really thinking that much about how cold it is. Are we giving predictions for this game yet? Or is that later in the oh, show? No, we're, we're doing it right now. Okay. Can I just say that I think the Chiefs are going to win by double digits? Oh, go for wow. it. That's that's I'm not even coming in with a screaming a hot take here. I'm thinking that the Pats are three and five on the road this season. They're a completely different team away from home. Uh, Brady in the playoffs historically has struggled. The Chiefs have a way better offensive roster. Gronk is I can't even remember the last time I saw Gronk make an impact play. Rashad's I've, eyes I've, are dying. I've, I've watched the I've watched the Pats <laughs> play the last game. I can't even remember the last time I was like, wow. That was an amazing play by Gronk. Granted, okay, he's been good. Yeah, we talked about blocking, that a little bit. Blocking. Like, you know, I've seen NFL reporters like praise the heck out of him for his blocking abilities the last couple. Whatever. I I I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing Chiefs big in this one. I really am. I, I think I think the Patriots are overrated this year. I think they're a great team historically uh over the last decade, but they're overrated this year. Give me the Chiefs by double digits. Give me Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm. Mm-mm. Music to everybody's ears except for uh, one Rashad Taylor. Oh, I'm not tripping. Because I was trying to fire up my guy Rashad over because there. Because guess what, man? I saw and- a little bit of his eyes, the soul in his eyes died when you were talking about how much better the Chiefs were. No, no, because guess what, man? Yes, three and five on the road. I'll definitely give you that. But the teams they lost to are some of the worst teams in the league. These aren't the best teams. A lot of times you play down to your competition. Wait, they wait, lost wait, the Jaguars. wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Lost the Jaguars. Okay, ugly You're loss. using them losing to the worst teams in the league as a they positive? Play down to, they play down to these dudes, man. You go out there and lay an egg against the Lions. Word. Then you then you, on the most improbable play of the year, they lost to the, uh, to the Dolphins. They go out the, the next week and lose back-to-back games for the second time in the year. But, like, the first time ever they lost back-to-back games in the same season. Lost to the Steelers, which the Steelers, they almost won that game, you know, but up until the last minute. So I'm not really concerned about any of those teams. They lost the Titans. None of those teams are great. And so I think that's a team that went in there and kind of played down to their competition. Whatever. I'll go ahead and give it to them. You're absolutely right. Gronk hasn't been the same dude, man. His blocking is amazing. He's become more of a of a safety net for Brady coming from the right side. That's really his 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 role now. But I'm looking at experience. And right now the Pats have all the experience. And I could be tripping, but I'm pretty sure they won the last game they played against the Chiefs. The one game that they did have that meant something was against the Chiefs, and they won. So I'll be at home. Three, I'll be now, but you look at both teams, man, subtraction from both teams. You take away Kareem Hunt from this uh from that Chiefs team. You take away Josh Gordon from this Patriots team. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that's a little more even all of a sudden, but the Patriots beat them when they had everybody on their roster. You know what I mean? And Josh Gordon was a big part of that game but he wasn't the star of that game so i'm gonna go ahead and say the pats three and five they don't have the defense that the denver broncos the baltimore ravens the new york jets they don't have that type of defense and so because of that reason brady's not going to feel a whole lot of pressure 
I'm giving to the Pats. Uh, Chiefs win by three points to cover the spread perfectly. 31 to 28 in this game is my my prediction. The They get them back for that field goal loss they had in New England earlier in the year as Rashad puts on his all-leather. So do my Lee Corso. Oh, that is leather. I'm That's picking nice. the Patriots. <laughs> is it leather or pleather? It's leather. Real, Real leather? leather? I don't know. I got it from top to bottom. It's probably pleather. It's probably pleather. Yeah. With his pleather Patriots hat, puts it on. I can't speak. Rashad hasn't worn a hat in like a year. Yeah, my hair won't really permit that as much anymore. It does. It kind of poofs out of the side because yeah, of it, because you a, grew it out a little, a little bit. It's a little different. Uh, all right. So that's our predictions. You guys both took the Saints. I took the Rams. Rashad took the Pats. Preston and I took the Chiefs in this game. I really just want to see Chiefs Rams again. That was so fun. I just I want it. Please. I just want to see Mahomes in the Super Bowl just throwing 80 yard passes. Yes, that would be fun too. All right, let's break. Coming up next, it's hate it or love it. Rashad got his first win in quite some time last week. Man. But now we have a new scorer, so we get to see uh, where the bias lies don't, with Don't Preston. cheat like Jesse does, Preston. Jesse doesn't <laughs> cheat, don't worry. Jesse hella cheats. He just agrees with my points more. Uh, that's coming up next. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, that music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Very interested to see what Preston brings to the table today. And uh, Rashad got his win last week. Woo! So you can choose. Do you want me to go first now? I tend to win a lot when I go first, but then you get cocky and say, no, I'll go first. I'll win that way. So what do you want? See, he had to throw the jab in there with, like, you tend to get cocky. So you know what? Screw you, Lynch. You can go first. Okay. You. <laughs> okay. You know all right, Preston. Uh, All right. What do you got for us? What's our first question? Which is what he wanted. First question, gentlemen. I've been watching this guy, Michael Thomas, for the Saints. He's a youngster, only 25 years old. Been in the year, uh, been in the league three years. He has a 1,000-yard receiving season every year he's been in the league. This year, he finished sixth in receiving yards in the regular season. But, you know, he's been receiving a lot of praise, been doing well in the playoffs, et cetera, and making big catches. So, Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football right now. Hate it or love it? Uh, I'm going to say hate on that one. I think he's the most underrated receiver in the NFL, but I'm not going to say the best receiver in the NFL. He is a product partially of the New Orleans Saints system, which is predicated on a lot of a lot of passing, a lot of open receivers, and uh, he he's the only target in New Orleans right now for Drew Brees, so he's getting a ton. We talked about it in the first segment where he's a guy who uh, – no points yet, Preston? Damn. Oh, my bad. I was drinking coffee. No, okay. he's good. You're right. Uh, thank you. Ooh. Whoa, whoa. There we go. A little liberal with the... Uh, he's, a, he's predicated by that great offense of being the only top receiver in that. We talked about it earlier in the show where he gets 15 targets a game. So, of course, he's going to have a great season. I actually tend to agree with Rashad. I think Odo Beckham Jr. is uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think Antonio Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think you're seeing Juju Smith-Schuster kind of start to get up into that range, mm-hmm. too. Ooh. Really, really explosive guy. Tyreek Hill, a guy that we mentioned as well. So, Michael Thomas, of course, one of the best. I think he's the most underrated receiver, but I do not think he is the best receiver. So, I will say eight. Uh, I will also say hate, although I think Michael Thompson is on it. 
Michael Thomas is on his way to being one of the best receivers in the league, and it's going to be unquestionable. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. He put out this weird cryptic like goodbye to the Steelers, so you don't know who's going to be his quarterback as you move forward. So how good is he going to be? Uh, but then you look at some of the other guys that are in the mix, and it's guys like Adam Thielen, George Kittle, and Devontae Adams. Those are all good guys, but you know, moving forward, you I think you know that uh, Michael Thomas is going to be the guy. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. He's the prototypical type of wide receiver. Uh, he's almost like somebody like Julio Jones, you know, but he just gets in the end zone a little more than Julio. I don't think he's the best uh, receiver now because you still got guys like DeAndre Hopkins. We forgot about Julio, too. He still got guys like Julio and DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans, and these are guys that are currently considered better than him as far as stats, and I don't think Mike Evans' quarterback has been trash, and yet still he's still able to perform. What would Michael Thomas be able to do without Drew Brees, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? So I think he's on his way to being one of the best, but at the moment uh, he's still within that top six, top seven range, which isn't bad. Yeah, I guess I should have really emphasized like right now, given the year that he's playing and what he's doing for the the team that's making the Super Bowl run. But even, yeah, you even got, even still, right now yeah, you I got think Julio still, led the league. I think he's still a top. Six seven top eight guy because you still got to talk about Odell and how yep. terrible Eli was but still able to have a thousand yards you still have to talk about Keenan Allen in the resurgent year that he had this year Brand, uh, you got two guys from the Rams that both had a thousand yards this year so I mean there's a lot of really talented receivers out there right okay now. Can, we, can we get Rashad to answer for I want Rashad to answer this one first just so we just so we can make everything fair as long as I get more points this, this yeah, okay. you need me to. here we go so we got a tweet from Adam Schefter this morning He's reporting that Patrick Mahomes could land the NFL's first ever $200 million contract because he's, he's going to be eligible to rework his contract a year from now. And the reason it'll be the first ever is because salary cap's going up. Aaron Rodgers did sign, you know, the equivalent of the max last season. Um, so hate it or love it, if you're in the Kansas City front office, you would give Mahomes this $200 million contract. Absolutely love it. To quote the great Arizona Cardinals uh, receiver Rod Tidwell, show me the money. And $200 million definitely talks. Patrick Mahomes is something that we've never seen. Like, you, you, you're you used to seeing cock, uh, guys that are able to scramble, but that's really what their strength is. You're used to seeing guys that are be able to stay in the pocket and deliver with a cannon. That's what they do. Here's a guy that's doing all those things, and then he's kind of implementing his own little style on top of that and on top of that you got a guy like Tariq Hill who makes it that much easier for you and Travis Kelsey who makes it that much easier for you 200 million for a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's only what 22 23 years yeah. old yep. man that's nothing considering you're going to have him for probably I'm considering that you probably reconsider or reconstruction some stuff so probably have him for about seven years as your trigger man that's absolutely what I would do considering how many guys out there right now are anywhere close to a Patrick Mahomes, man. You you look at the uh, Trubisky, no. Goff, no. Good. Uh, Carson Wentz, no. You look at all these young quarterbacks in the league, man, he is by far and away the best of any of them. So absolutely, $200 million, you're getting off cheap for somebody like Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to say love for this one as well. The, the big thing for me, there, there's two big things. The first one is if you get a quarterback who you think is your franchise guy and he is this young, Give him as much money as he wants and as much money as your salary cap can fit because we see what happens to teams who get stuck in the quarterback purgatory. We talked about it on the show hundreds of times. My favorite team, the Denver Broncos, are stuck in quarterback purgatory right now, and they suck because of it. They have a great defense. They had a good set of wide receivers, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and they cannot make the playoffs because they don't have a quarterback. 
It's just that simple. If you get a quarterback, you need to keep him locked down forever. Even if he's just an okay quarterback, you still should probably give him some forever. money to keep him locked down because you do not want to get stuck where the Broncos are. So that's number one. Chiefs need to do that with Patrick Mahomes. Two, it is getting harder and harder to get a college football quarterback coming out of the draft to give you an instant impact in the NFL because the systems are different and a lot of them are just not ready for the speed and the, and the ferocity of the NFL game. You mentioned him there, Rashad. Mitchell Trubisky, one of the top picks in the draft a couple of years ago. He's been good, but he hasn't been ready yet. Jared Goff was awful in his first year, and he still has shown signs of weakness as the number one pick from three years ago. Patrick Mahomes comes into this draft and just lights the world on fire immediately when he's playing. And who was he? And he was an air raid guy. Air raid quarterbacks have struggled in the NFL in the past. He comes in, and all of a sudden, he wants to change the NFL to be more like him. That's how good he is. So there's those are the two main reasons for me well, I'm going to say love for this $200 million. Yeah, that might hurt your team in the long run, but you're going to have Patrick Mahomes for, like Rashad said, seven, eight years moving forward. Do not let that go. Do not be stingy with your purse strings if you're going to be looking at uh, Patrick Mahomes for your contract situation. All righty. And finally, number three. We're going legacy chat. I'm not I'm not much of a legacy chat guy, but I thought it's kind of interesting. We got Andy Reid who's one of the, the more dominant storylines left along with Mahomes. Um, he has a 12 and 13 postseason record. He's trying to shake the postseason demons off. Meanwhile, Drew Brees uh, has a little bit of the Peyton Manning syndrome going, which is of course an all timer. However, he's got that one ring has struggled at times in the postseason. Uh, that high flying offense when they take it on the road, especially outdoors struggles as well. So, I'm kind of going with a who needs this more, and I'll say Andy Reid needs to win the Super Bowl more than Drew Brees does while they both need it. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to say love, and it's uh, partially because of what I said earlier in, in the show today. I don't judge quarterbacks' greatness by their titles. I think it's a it's a part of the conversation, but it's not what should be the end-all, be-all with how you judge quarterbacks. I think you do judge head coaches a little bit, based on how many times they can make it to the Super Bowl. And on the flip side of that, seeing how many times Andy Reid has failed in the playoffs is even more substantial in terms of his his legacy. Andy Reid is one of the great head coaches of all time in this game, but he is never going to be looked at it like that because of his history in the playoffs unless he wins a Super Bowl. This year is his best chance to win a Super Bowl. It just frankly is. Uh, it's, a, it's a time when there's not a lot of great defenses in the league, so his offense, with how good it is, to be is going to be able to win offensively. This is the first year the top four offenses have made it to the to the final weekend before the Super Bowl. And because Andy Reid's defense is so bad, he actually has that chance this year. This is his best chance. He needs it. Coaches need it to cement their legacy. There, you never talk about coaches who don't win Super Bowls. You don't. You just don't do it. It's different with the quarterbacks, and that's why I think Andy Reid. It's that much more important for him to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Lynch. I, I, I love Andy Reid. Absolutely needs to uh, get this Super Bowl. Sean McVay is in a situation where he's young. He's 32. He's going to have multiple opportunities to compete for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Um, Bill Belichick has Hell, been there. He's got there. like 30 years ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bill, Bill Belichick has been there. Drew Brees has already won his Super Bowl. Sean Payton's already won his. So everybody in that conversation, with the exception of 
Andy Reid is in this conversation of great coach. You know, I think McVay is it's not great coach but yet because you know he's a great coach and you know he's going to get there eventually. He's still really young. But Andy Reid is at that point to where he's older, his mustache is grayer. If he doesn't get this now, like how many more opportunities is Kansas City as a front office going to give him to finally get over the hump? If this is if you finally have the quarterback you need, the receiver you need, the tight end that you need, the running back for a while that you that you needed, and you still can't get there, you still can't make it happen. If I'm Kansas City's front office and GM, I'm kind of looking like maybe you're not the really? answer that we need at this point. As great huh. as you've been, what as how how exactly you're going to be able to get over the hump? You got to you got to break through that wall. We talked about it. You know, we talked the, the whole thing about Andy Reid for the longest time has been clock management, conservative play calling, all these things. All those demons can be exercised with one Super Bowl win. All it takes for a great coach is just one. The, that's the good thing about the Super Bowl. You don't have to win four and five to be considered great. It's so tough to get to that game. Man, one can mean the world, and that's all he need is one Super Bowl. If he can get that, everything for Andy Reid will be forgiven. All the other play people uh, in the Super Bowl right now, we know they either have time or have got their hardware already. Andy Reid is the one guy that needs that for validation. Well, you guys both agreed uh, with the uh, love its and hate its. You both made equally good points. Um, I thought Lynch started off better with his Michael Thomas take, but then my guy Rashad came in with the, uh, right. the solid Casey chiefs takes down the stretch. Uh, it was close to be a hundred percent honest. I didn't tally every single point. However, <laughs> the, t- the tiebreaker is going to go to the man with the fresh jumpsuit on today. Woo! And that is Rashad Taylor. Black mannequin, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. There I'll he take is. It. You know what? This is a good start to a good day to be a Pats fan. This is this is win number Don't one. Don't ruin it. Don't this start is with win the Pats number chat. One, as I knock on wood, as I say this, this is win number one. Take that, Lynch. I feel like that was stolen for me because there was no tally. Take that, Lynch. Take, How do we? Does Jesse really tally it oh like yeah. somewhere every single time? Oh yeah. Wow. He's got a little paper in front of him. He tallies. Huh? There you go. He even tells us the, the amount of points that we got. And the people's choice. Thank you. The people's Preston. choice went with Rashad. The people's choice. I appreciate it. I love you for it. And so that means I get to host the last segment, right? That does mean you get to host the last segment. We're going to talk more Patriots. We're not going to talk Patriots. Uh, instead, we're going to do that whole legacy thing that okay. we talked about earlier. Let's so do it. We're going to talk about which of these players from and, you know, coaches or whomever from each franchise really needs the Super Bowl for their legacy. That's next right here on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I like how you have to take the hat off for the headphones. It just doesn't work. It feels it feels stupid with a hat on. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost for certain I'm not going to wear a hat until I at least cut my hair. Uh, what time is it? I can't even... It's it 10.50. 10.50. Uh, regardless of the music that's playing, I did win. Hater or love it. Um, it was glorious domination. But it's all good. Let me see if this is the that's, right that's one. That's my bad. It's okay, Preston. I'm not tripping, bro. It's okay. I won. I, hey, man. That was unintentional. I'm jovial. I'm going to go to get some food after is this. this? Gonna, yeah, is, punch let's it. see if this works. Punch it. No, it doesn't work. Uh, it's it all good. There it, there it is. There it is. Sounds good. And I wish my son was listening. He loves this song. Glorious. No, and this is how I hope to feel right around 6 o'clock this evening. You know, so... Right after the Pats go ahead and, and put up a great game against the Chiefs. I'm really excited for this game. And so as I was driving in, 
I kind of had this thought is like, man, there's a lot of legacy on the line as we just talked about Andy Reid and we talked a little bit about Drew Brees. So want to go through each team if we have time uh, and really talk about maybe a couple people, not necessarily players, you know, maybe it could be a coach uh, that really this this uh, Super Bowl win would do for their legacy. So we've mentioned Andy Reid. Uh, we're going to stick with the Chiefs just to start. Uh, Lynch, do you who do you think game, or as far as winning a Super Bowl, who benefits the most uh, for, for as far as legacy from the Chiefs? Um, honestly, outside of Andy Reid, if we're going to ignore that because we just talked about it, I'll say Mahomes because it's it's very rare that you see a I know he's not his in his first year, but a first year starting quarterback make it this far. Right, the closest I think we got to this was Ben Roethlisberger in his first year. I don't remember if they made the Super Bowl, but they made it deep in the playoffs that year. I remember that. Uh, it's rare, and it's a guy who's already getting a lot of respect. And you saw the report of the two hundred million dollar contract. And imagine if he wins the Super Bowl in his first year starting. That yeah, that would be that would be nuts. That would it would create a legacy that like that we haven't seen before. Now, of course, he would have to then live up to that throughout the rest of his career, which would be incredibly difficult. But I think that that would mean the most in my opinion, to, to Patrick Mahomes. I, 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 It's hard to disagree with that. Mahomes, you know, if you come in your your first year as a starter, you put up 50 touchdowns, you, you you lead your team to the Super Bowl. Well, the only thing about Mahomes is, like, where do you go from there? It's like, how do you... Yeah, he's going to win MVP, too. Yeah, no, he's going to win, win MVP. Again. It's like, how do, what's that? I see you win again. I mean, you, you win again, but that's the thing. If you don't win again, or if you never get close again, then everybody's going to say you peaked your first year, you know, so that's, that's kind of a early success can be kind of a bad thing because if he, if he doesn't respond and if he doesn't come back with an even stronger second season or second season as a starter, like who knows my guy from the chiefs is uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, I was going to say Tariq Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey. Here's why he has been in the shadow of Rob Gronkowski for the past five years or so. Like, everyone knows Travis Kelsey is an incredible tight end, arguably the best tight end in the league, but he's not quite Gronk. And even though Gronk has had a down season, he's, you know, the injuries have finally started to catch up with them. If both guys were free agents right now, guarantee you talk to Gronk first. He's a better blocker. Once he's in one-on-one coverage, there's nothing you can do about him. You have to double-team Gronkowski. You don't have to do that with Kelsey. I think if Kelsey can come out this game and outplay Gronkowski, and then go into the Super Bowl and have a dominant game there, kind of the way Gronk did against Atlanta, he can cement himself as, as not one of, but as the best tight end in football. And that's a big thing because Gronkowski has held the, the crown of best tight end in football for about seven or eight years now. It's been, it's been a nice little stretch, you know, mm-hmm. even with he and Aaron Hernandez. Like, it's been a nice stretch for Gronk. If Travis Kelsey can come out there and – Take that from him. I think that can go a long way towards really cementing him as the best tight end in football. Yeah, I'll just say I'll just say with Mahomes, I think he's gonna he's gonna get the label of best player in football if they win the Super Bowl this year because he threw for fifty touchdowns. He's gonna win the MVP, and if he wins the Super Bowl and he beats the Pats and then either Drew Brees or that amazing Rams roster in the process, like people are gonna be like, "Yo, this is the best player in the NFL right now." Yeah. Um, and so I think I think it means the most for for Mahomes. Why is Keyshawn? Johnson showing pictures of athlete hair to Patrick Mahomes right now. I don't know if they have nothing else to talk about right you, now. Have you guys seen Brandon Marshall's hair today? His hair is nice. What really? Does he have? He's what got he like doing? a. It's completely shaved on the sides, and then he's got like a little a fro going on top, but then like a man bun to wrap it up in the back. It's it's pretty unique. That sounds confusing. I love how they're making this like they're they're showing Patrick Mahomes, and you know they're showing his haircut. I love how they're making it like it's 
he did that haircut. That's been a cut that's been out for quite a while. Odell Beckham kind of started, but it's whatever. Um, we only yeah, got a couple minutes, so you want to go? You want to go rapid fire real quick? Go rapid fire, sure. Uh, let's go Saints. Okay, uh, Sean Payton. Uh, Drew Brees. Okay, Patriots. Uh, Gronkowski. Julian Edelman. Good one. Um, and then Rams. Uh, Sean McVay. And Dominican Sue. Ooh, Portland's kid. Go, Generals. Portland's very own. And Dominican Sue. There Just we saying. go. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Preston, for filling in for Jesse. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Preston. Thanks, guys. Um, you can catch any of the show if you missed it on the podcast, 1080thefan.com, Les Schwab Tires podcast, once we are done. Uh, coming up next week, I am out next week. I am going to be in the Mile High City, Denver, for the first time ever. That's dope. Uh, I've always wanted to go, so I'm pretty excited to go next weekend. And uh, so Rashad will be here. Jesse should be back next week. It'll be Pro Bowl week, but you'll know who the Super Bowl matchup is. So you yes, can get some hot Super Bowl talking. And the week after that, I'll be back for our pre-Super Bowl show, which is uh, always a blast. And then we bid adieu to Football Sunday. Mm. Spend thanks for everybody for Rock One. It's for Football Sunday. Yeah, appreciate it's been it. Super fun. Fantasy football, all that stuff, man. We've had a lot of fun with you guys. Yeah, only a couple of weeks left of it. So I'll be back in a couple of weeks on this show, but uh, keep listening next week for Rashad and Jesse. And if you bring anybody else in, uh, like sometimes you will do. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and enjoy the games, everybody. They are going to be a ton of fun. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.